Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Detour to Neverland podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Wright, with your go-to podcast for interviews with Disney fanatics just like you. Now, let's sit back, relax, think happy thoughts, and take our Detour to Neverland with this week's episode. Welcome to episode 11 of Detour to Neverland. With us today is someone I'm so excited to chat with. It's Kate Killebrew, who runs the Kate Around the Kingdom blog, and is Kate Killebrew on most of your social media sites. So Kate, if you can go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your blog. Hi, so I am Kate Killebrew. I'm just a Louisiana girl who's in love with Disney. So um, I started my blog, Kate Around the Kingdom. Um, I could also be found on all social platforms, like you said, um, at Kate Killebrew. Kate as in bait, and then Killebrew, Killebrew. So. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, should be easy, pretty easy to find. I found that if you just search for Kate Around the Kingdom, most of them will pop oh, up on Google. So. First, tell us a little bit about your blog. Where did you get the inspiration to start it uh, the first time out? You kind of What point were you at in your life where you decided that you wanted to start blogging about Disney? Well, um, I was in my first semester of my MBA program. I was working a graduate assistantship position. And uh, in between homework or what I was doing, I usually found myself online looking at Disney blogs, whether it was about tips or what was new in the parks. I had a trip coming up in May. And um, so I just thought, like, I love Disney so much. I, I love this kind of stuff. If I found these blogs... Someone might find what I have to say interesting. So that's kind of where it started. I started it in April of 2015, but um, I took a little break for about for about a year. Um, and then I came back with the name Cater on the Kingdom. And since then, like September of 2016 till now, um, I've been blogging ever since. And what it evolved into, at first it was just me talking about um, my favorite things like trying Dole Whip and my favorite rides in the parks. But um, since, like I said, I'm from Louisiana, um, I can't be in the parks all the time. So I, I decided to make it more about like my Disney lifestyle because throughout my life, any way that I could add Disney, I always have. So I figured why not blog about those ways that I do it. Where did kind of your where did your love for Disney begin, and kind of how did it evolve over time through childhood and through the college years, and then and then where you're at today? So it's funny that you asked that because um, my first trip to Disney Walt Disney World was at age three, and um, even though we went every single year, twice a year, sometimes sometimes four times a year, before us, my parents were not big Disney people at all. I don't know what made them decide to be like, yeah, Disney World, that's going to be our family vacation. So um, I think that's where it originally stemmed from. Um, but throughout my life, in I could think back to second grade when we had to write journals about things. I always wrote about Disney World and like things I would make up scenarios with Disney World all the way up to my MBA program. Anytime there was a project and I could scoot in Disney in some way I totally did <laughs> it's it I that's probably the last thing I expected you to mention because I, oh, really? I went through an MBA program and I did a similar thing oh, especially cool. in our accounting class 
uh, where we had to, you know, watch a stock and watch the financial sheets over time. And I chose the Walt Disney Company as well. So um, I, I found myself doing similar things, plugging in Disney anywhere that I could. But what I'm interested in is, so you mentioned like you wrote in journals when you, whenever you were growing up about Disney. Has writing and blogging kind of always been a passion of yours and it was kind of just a natural relationship between writing and Disney? It's funny because I, I never, I guess I never realized that I had that passion. When I was a junior in high school, I was chosen to represent my high school and write articles for our local newspaper once a week saying what was going on with the school. And, you know, I enjoyed that assignment. So um, I don't know if that helped flourish this passion in me, but um, I hadn't even really known about blogs before 2015 when I was just online. And I felt like I could reach more people than just the people that I know that are tired of hearing about Disney um, <laughs> with a blog, you know, and that's, that's kind of where that went. And then since then, I think, yes, it has developed into kind of like a passion that I may have had in writing that I didn't even realize. So obviously now you're very heavy in social media as well with Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> yes. So I assume that's, some, that's part of the evolution of kind of where your content has taken you. What are maybe the next steps that you want to take with your content to reach more people or to offer more meaningful content that, that you'd like to take your, your blog and, and all your content to? So um, other than other than my blog, I think the next platform that I'm on the most is obviously um, Instagram. And that's just because um, I found so many friends there and so many people that share my same like quirky obsessions with different aspects of Disney. And when I started that page, um, I started it about a year after I initially started my blog. And I started it for a completely different reason. I started it to just post my Disney trip pictures without all of my like friends unfollowing me. So, and I think that's probably 90% of the people that have Disney Instagrams, which is amazing. So, um, I just started it to just show pictures and then I figured out like the idea of linking the two together. And it's been a great way for me to tell people about my blog and send people somewhere else to look at my pictures if they're on my blog. So it's been, it's been a cool thing. But if I said, if there was another platform that I'd want to reach out on, it would probably be either YouTube or a podcast, because I think both of those platforms, like I have so much respect for those like you and my husband has a podcast too. Like I have so much respect for y'all for that type of content creation. I think it's just amazing. And um, if I could ever get to that level, I think that would be a really cool way to reach people on a different platform. So let's go ahead and take the moment. Plug your husband's <laughs> podcast so you can get some, get some brownie points. Okay. So his podcast is not a Disney podcast at all, but um, it's called The Ready, Set, Kill Show. It's um, kind of like a personal development, business, motivational type podcast. It's fairly new, but it's worth checking out. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Since you're in Louisiana and you are needing to constantly kind of push out new content and always have things to write about, how, how often are you going to the parks now? So um, before 2017, I was only going to the parks every year for Mardi Gras um, in in Louisiana, 
uh, you may not know this, but in Louisiana, everybody kind of just leaves Louisiana for the week of Mardi Gras and goes to Disney. We have the whole week off for school and work's usually off for a few days. So anyway, that was the only time I was going. But in 2017, when I really started um, making this more of a priority, um, I I found myself in the parks so far this year, I think seven times. Um, it helps that my mom and my younger brother are both so into Disney and they're completely happy just loading up the car, driving up for a weekend or a few days. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I could keep the content going as often, like twice a week consistently if I wasn't able to get over there um, to get new pictures and, you know, experience the new things that are always going on. So yeah, I'd, I'd say four times or more would, would be ideal for me a year. And how has it changed how you visit the park since you grew up going to the park so often and then now you've shifted where you need to be creating this content? Have you noticed that it's changed how you experience Walt Disney World a little bit? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, some would probably be like, oh, you're focusing on pictures and, you know, Instagram stories and stuff versus like taking in the rides. But um, I, I've ridden the majority of the rides probably hundreds of times and I still experience it, but it's fun to kind of find some source of value that I can bring to people through my blog on Pinterest or Instagram or any of the other platforms um, from the photos that I can take or the fun facts, hidden Mickey's, that kind of thing. Um, it's definitely changed. It's more of like a strategic thing in between rides. I'm definitely taking photos. I'm taking pictures of my food before I eat it, you know, <laughs> but um, it's for me, um, Disney in any, in any capacity is my happy place. So, um, I still have a good time. Good deal. So you mentioned that Instagram is where you've kind of made some new friends and, and had yeah. a repository to put all this Disney, uh, pictures and everything. It's interesting that it seems like more and more, more and more that Instagram has just kind of become a haven for the Disney community. I think a, just because the parks are so photogenic yes <laughs> uh, and you can take you know a thousand pictures of the castle and they're all going to turn out differently um but also just because there is so much of that supportive community have you have you found that that similar dynamic where it's just kind of uh, the deeper and deeper you go you can always find new disney people on instagram yes um well, it's funny because my best friend of 10 years, um, our friendship started over us having conversations of creating like fictional Disney trips that we would dream about taking together someday, like freshman year of high school. Um, and like she was kind of the one who was like, hey, there's all these people out there on Instagram. You're posting your pictures like you know, get, get to know some of them. And like, that's what I did. And yeah, I found, I found friends who I've been fortunate enough to see every time I've been able to come down. I was down like four months in a row, um, at the beginning of the year. And I was able to meet up with these same friends or new friends. And it's really cool because I spent my whole high school, junior high, like Disney isn't cool. People go once in their life or they go once every five years. And I'm always talking about it, but, um, in the Disney Instagram community, everybody wants to talk about, uh, you know, the latest drinks or um, the fact that the little girl is only in one scene of Carousel of Progress. Like, where does that girl go? Like, th these are the people that I can have those conversations with. And 
I just think that's amazing that we can be connected through an app and hope to eventually meet someday. But even if not, we still kind of have that connection. I've been absolutely blown away. So I think if I get into like the the deep rooted reason why I started this podcast, it was mainly because I could talk about Disney with my wife all day long, but there's only so many conversations that we can have. So I think that's, Oh, I get that. (laughs) So I think that's the deep, deep rooted reason kind of why I wanted to start the podcast. But I've only been doing this for, you know, a couple, you know, a month or so now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just been amazing that, A, we've met already or, or we've spoken with yeah. um, people who live in Nashville who are just as big a Disney fans as us. We're in Nashville as well. Oh, cool. Uh, we've talked to so many people that it's like, hey, next time we go down to the parks, like maybe we can meet up. Yeah. And that's just been absolutely, I never expected that to come out of this. So. It's it's amazing how supportive the Disney community is and also how much those other Disney fans are thirsting for those same types of interactions and conversations. It's such an organic thing, too. You know, like you just start out by talking about some aspect of something going on and you find somebody else who just is really into that, too, like really into ride history or Walt or other things. And it's just cool having those kind of conversations with someone you probably wouldn't have met otherwise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and for me, it's been something that it's even spilled over into my other professional career where used to, I wouldn't talk about Disney too often, you know, just randomly, but I was actually <laughs> in a sales meeting the other day. I wore a polo that had Alani uh, <gasps> resort cool. logo on it. And the lady said, Oh, are you DVC members? And then we talked for 30 minutes about DVC and visiting Elani. So it's just, I think there's so many people out there who have a genuine interest in Disney and, and you're right that those, those conversations just happen organically. Yes. And and everybody's so happy to talk about Disney and, and, you know, it just can go on and on and on. Exactly. I love it so much. Something I'm interested in also is since you're in Louisiana and, you know, you said the parks is your happy place. Do you think ever moving to near one of the parks is something that's on the horizon for you? Is that something that your husband has any interest in? (laughs) So, I mean, I think it's always going to be the ultimate goal. Um, We've we've talked about it. Um, Disney's my happy place, not his. But um, I'm very fortunate that he supports me in this little space of the internet that I have with my blog. He's so supportive of me going on all these trips when he stays back home. Um, and he's, we've both, we've talked about it. You know, if, if it happens in the future, it'd be amazing. If not, then I will have to visit the parks casually like two to four times a year for the rest of my life. Like that's, (laughs) that's the choice. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we would love to move to Orlando. I've made so many friends that are Orlando locals um from instagram and they're all like can y'all just move already (laughs) and i'm like i wish but you know we'll see what happens for someone who's maybe not uh, as familiar with your blog or your instagram page just give us a little glimpse of what kind of content do you enjoy creating and what kind of you know blogs do you like to post um you know so people can connect with you so i still think my favorite posts on my blog are going to be those about like Disney tips or reviews of things I've done. Um, I added a section to my website this year uh, called Disney throwbacks. And that is like 
my personal passion project because my dream, my dream job one day would be if I could be a Disney historian in some, in some efforts, because I cannot learn enough about Walt, the parks, like the movies, anything. Um, so I do different posts about like abandoned or, you know, things of the past from Disney. And I've gotten a lot of really great feedback on those posts. People, I think people really like to learn the history behind some of these things that they didn't even realize existed. Um, Other than that, I'll do like Disney recipes or um, I'll throw in some Disney style because if you're in the photogenic parks and you have outfits that kind of go with that, like, why not? You know? So um, it's been a lot of fun trying to add all of those aspects on one site. Um, And that's, that's kind of what the Disney lifestyle part is for me of my blog. Um, As for my Instagram, uh, I like to post a lot of park photos, food, and then um, outfits in between. But with each picture, I really like to get, engaged with people as far as like what's your favorite ride here or like what the last week I asked what's your least favorite ride and I love seeing those answers and like us all you know talking together about our differences and things like that so um that's an idea of what you could see from me (laughs) good deal I can personally attest um my wife and I kind of are in that niche as well where we love learning the Disney history. Oh, cool. Listeners are probably tired of it because I think I've mentioned it every episode, but we're about (laughs) to go to Disneyland for the first time together. And that's something something that we're just so excited about is to be in the same place where Walt, you know, that he walked down Main Street and to be able to just experience all that history in a different way than I think that you can experience in Walt Disney World. So we actually had a fun time reading through your blog last night. About Pleasure Island and the Beastly Kingdom and all those things. Oh, that means the world to me. That's like anytime somebody's like, I loved your blog post or like, I'm glad I found your blog. It just like warms my heart because I enjoy putting the content together. But um, I'm also like a complete Disney nerd. So anytime any of my content like speaks to somebody, it it means the world when they say something about it. So I appreciate y'all checking it out. So cool. I think the next step is we'll jump into our lightning round. Um, okay. So we'll just throw out some Disney topics, share the first thing that come to your mind, just so people can get to know kind of your Disney fandom a little bit better. Okay, cool. Cool. So the first one's an easy one. Just name the Disney parks that you visited. I have been to all of the Walt Disney World parks, and I got to go to the Disneyland Resort parks uh, back in 2016. And which one is your favorite and why? So... Childhood Caitlin would have to say Disney's MGM Studios, but as I've become an adult and kind of learned a little bit more about the history, I'd have to say Epcot is my favorite. And our newly added question to the lightning round, (laughs) if your answer is Epcot, then what's your favorite festival at Epcot? Okay, um, I love Flower and Garden forever because um, Mardi Gras always falls with Flower and Garden usually. This year it was international um, Festival of the Arts, which it was cool to check that one out. But Flower and Garden, Violet Lemonade, The Flowers, it's just my favorite time to be in Epcot with the festivals. I believe, I'll have to go back and check, but I believe every person who said Epcot has also said Flower and Garden. So I, I believe I, it. <laughs> and I feel like so many people love it because of the low crowds, but if, if enough people keep saying that, then we're not going to have that luxury anymore. I know, I know. <laughs> 
But yes, I agree. Flower and Garden is hard to beat. Yes, the topiaries. Mm -hmm. So next would be your Disney bucket list trip. So I'm sure like everybody else, I have the goal of visiting all of the parks around the world. But the one that I've been really drawn to lately is um, Disneyland Paris. And I think it's because I've been geeking out on videos on YouTube about the history of like building it and the attractions and like the fact that it has that dragon underneath, um, which is kind of like has to do with the original idea of beastly kingdom. So um, I think that would be the next one, if not probably Alani, because I'm just dying to go to Hawaii and I'm obsessed with Duffy's new turtle friend, Olu. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. So we were actually in Alani <laughs> last October. And at that point, we really weren't that into, you know, Duffy and his friends, especially me, but my wife, you know, she was familiar with Duffy and Shelly Mae. Yeah. Um, and so we really didn't know anything about Gelatoni <laughs> until we got there. And we decided not to purchase him thinking, oh, we'll just get him next time we go to the parks or anything. We had no idea that he oh. was exclusive. And <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it's serious business with these Duffy friends. Like my poor husband... Um, I'd been wanting a Shelly May for mm, four years. Like I had had a Duffy and you could only get Shelly May. Was it, it's either in China or Japan. Like that's where she was. So my husband, uh, we were dating at the time and he was so sweet and he purchased her online for like mm, two to three times what she was worth. Mm. And he surprised me with her. And then not even a week later, Walt Disney World announced Shelly Mae is coming to Walt <laughs> Disney World. And I was like, Nick, we have the most terrible luck. So, <laughs> so I only have those two, but I really want the, the turtle one next. I've been trying my hardest to get my hands on him, but he is a hot commodity right now. Yeah, I think um Catherine my wife has looked up multiple times and showed me on her phone or showed me on her computer like look we can get a gelatoni for only $65 yes, it's like it's crazy yeah. <laughs> so that personal shopping is a is a hot commodity yes it is <laughs> cool so next would be your favorite disney resort okay so um we didn't really stay at resorts much growing up. Um, my dad was a traveling salesman, so we usually stayed at Holiday Inns because he had points. But as an adult, I've really enjoyed resort hopping, you know, just going to different resorts instead of the hotel. I mean, instead of the parks throughout the day. And um, I have a huge um, love for the Port Orleans resorts. One, because I'm from Louisiana, but the theming over there is impeccable. You could just spend a day just hanging out at that resort, at the pool, eating. You know, um, they have horse carriage rides. It's it's just, it's nowhere near the hustle and bustle of a park experience. And I think that's cool that that's something offered on property. So as a Louisiana native, <laughs> give us the ultimatum. Are the Mickey beignets, can they hold a candle to the authentic ones or, or do you skip on them? So I have not had the chance to try the Mickey beignets yet. Um, this has been my longest stretch not being in the parks this year. It's been two months. Um, so when I go back in about two weeks, I will be trying those. And I will also be trying the boozy beignets. I will say they're a little 
king cake donut looking thing that they have don't buy that it's nothing <laughs> like a king cake at all um i thought their normal like square shaped beignets were perfectly fine so um i'm i have high hopes for the mickey beignets uh but i'll get back to you on that <laughs> good deal we'll we'll have to check it out on instagram or on the blog yes <laughs> we'll have to get the ultimate decision on on if they can hold their own oh yeah <laughs> cool so next would be your favorite ride or attraction I think my favorite attraction is Tower of Terror. I'm a thrill seeker, but also I have so much respect for the history and effort and theming that went into that attraction. I wrote a post all about it on my blog, um, if anybody else loves Tower of Terror out there. But um, yeah, I think that's my favorite through and through. Awesome. Next would be your favorite snack. Dole Whip, 200%. I, I know it's basic. I never tried it until 2015, but um, it's something I have to get every time I'm in the parks. <laughs> and especially with mobile ordering now, I feel like it's just so much easier yes. to get access to it. And yeah, so there's no excuses to not get it. Because that was always my excuse is that I didn't want to wait in that line. The line, yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's, it's, it's readily available Easier now. than ever. <laughs> mm -hmm. So next would be your favorite restaurant. Um, this one is probably not anybody's favorite except my friend Paris. Uh, Liberty Tree Tavern. It's extremely underrated. It's in Magic Kingdom, and they serve the best pot roast and mashed potatoes ever. Interesting. I've not heard that one before, <laughs> and I've actually never dined there. So I'll have to uh, add it to my list for next time. Yes, because it's like you get to sit in the air conditioning, you get some good food, and it's, I don't find there's like a lot of great dining in Mag Magic Kingdom that you can get like easily. Like Be Our Guest is very competitive. So me going, you know, over to Liberty Square and eating a great meal with a reservation made that day, that's why I love it. Mm -hmm. Cool. So next would be your favorite Disney movie? Um, I am huge into the Disney Renaissance, uh, so it's hard for me to choose one, but I probably, probably have to say, probably Aladdin. That's a really good movie. Mm -hmm. Favorite Disney song? Um, I See the Light from Tangled. I just, I've always loved that one. And next would be your favorite Disney quote. My favorite Disney quote is by Walt himself, and it's, happiness is a state of mind. It's just according to the way you look at things. And I like that quote because it kind of brings everything down to earth for you. Like, you can definitely change your perspective and change your day or change a situation. Yeah, that's a good one. I feel like that's an underrated one that you don't yes. see as often. So next, or last one in the lightning round would be your favorite Disney memory. Okay, I would probably have to say either getting engaged in Magic Kingdom or um, getting to visit Disneyland on my honeymoon with my husband because I don't have a lot of Disney firsts left um, that we can experience together. And that was something that we both got to experience for the first time together. And I think that was a really cool thing. So I shared my Disney proposal story in the first episode. Oh. So give us the quick synopsis of your <laughs> Disney engagement as well. Okay, so uh, Nick had just graduated college. We left to go on that Disney trip. Um, we got into Magic Kingdom, took some photos with the PhotoPass people. I am a big rope drop girl, so I was like hustling to mine train, trying to ride that before the crowds got there. But Nick 
insisted on us taking pictures in the hubgrass area. Um, they ran and got a second photographer. He had passed him a note saying, I'm about to propose, um, get a photographer or whatever. So, um, yeah, he proposed basically in front of the castle by the hubgrass. And then we got to eat at um, Cinderella's Royal Table for lunch. So that was fun. That is uh, pretty similar to ours, actually. So oh, we, cool. We also ate at Cinderella's Royal Table, but we had it for breakfast. Oh. And then, yeah, we were near the hubgrass. We were, like, right next to the partner statue. But oh. um, similar similar stories, but awesome. So <laughs> <laughs> the last thing uh, that I want to ask all my guests is just if you had a piece of parting guidance to someone who's looking to express you know, their love for Disney or, or a new way that they can produce Disney content or become part of the Disney community. What's your piece of advice to that person? Um, I would say just go for it. There's something in you that's driving you with that passion to um, express yourself. And there are so many of us out there ready to meet you and, um, you know, bond with you over that Disney aspect that you love. So just go out there and be yourself. That's, that's the best way to do it. In my opinion. That's great. And I think <laughs> the, the key words that I drew out of that is that there's something in you driving that passion. And I can relate to that specifically because I've always kind of had this entrepreneurship state of mind yeah. where I've always been looking for a way that I can marry you know, a career and, um, and my passions. Yeah. And (laughs) and Disney is my passion, um, or one of my passions. So always looked for like the perfect scenario. I still haven't come up with that perfect Disney business, but a podcast that I think is a good way for me to express my love for Disney. Um, but I think you're exactly right that there's, there is something in you driving that passion so that it's worth it to explore it and see what you end up with. Well, what I can say uh, for having been blogging uh, consistently and stuff for about a year and a half and doing this Instagram stuff, um, I found that with time, if you're if you're sticking to what you're excited to do, what you're passionate about, like you with the podcast, I find in time um, the answers kind of come to you, you know, whether through partnerships or um, I've had the chance to be a contributor for some Orlando websites. Um, it's it's kind of cool what opportunities just seem to come up on their own when you finally do take the leap and decide to create some content about something that you're passionate about. So just keep working with it. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. And I think it's also good to put in perspective that everybody had to start somewhere. And exactly everybody, you know, when you first started your blog, I'm sure you weren't getting a lot of interviews. (laughs) No. Beginning of stages of most podcasts, you're not getting very many downloads. But if you consistently stay with your passion and you're just genuinely putting out content that you're interested in and you're passionate about. And I think things have a way of of working themselves out. Consistency is key. That's all I can say about any sort of content creation. Your, your following will come. You just need to stick to what you're passionate about and you need to be able to um, keep doing it because if you're doing something that you're not that passionate about, you're going to eventually drop off. So you've got to make sure that you don't get, um, what is it that I'm trying to say? You, you have to make sure that you don't get burnout, burnout on, on Disney because you're not focusing on it the way that you love it. You know, you need to make sure you have your passion first and then obviously the audience will follow. 
Well, awesome. That was amazing. Kate, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing uh, your perspective and some of your stories. I know that our listeners enjoyed it as well as I. So everybody, make sure you go follow Kate at Kate Killebrew on all your social media platforms and the Kate Around the Kingdom blog at katekillebrew.com. Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Detour to Neverland. Please feel free to reach out to me at detourtoneverlandpod at gmail.com and visit our website, detourtoneverland.com. There you can find the link to our Facebook discussion group and read our blog with trip reports, tips and tricks, and reviews from the parks. Make sure you subscribe to never miss an episode and drop us an iTunes review with any feedback or suggestions. See you next week for our next episode.